0: Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's Shopify.com slash tech.
1: Music, music, horror, horror. horror. <laughs> subculture. sub-culture. And, and overall, asshole. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio with your, your hosts host, Dave, Dave and Sean. And Sean.
2: Folks, friends, and fiends, welcome to Kittle Whistle Radio! We have a newcomer here. Oh my god, but she has... Alright, let's go with Lucy Leitner. I want to call her Lucille, just because that might piss her off.
0: (laughs) It's not my name, so you'd be making something up.
2: (laughs) I know, that's what I do here. Alright, so, eh, transgressive author right?
0: Yeah. Progressive fiction is what we're calling it. It's kind of hard to categorize.
2: <laughs> yeah. But you created your own environment and I totally agree with it. Oh my God. Like you're, you bounce off pages with your words. Um, I don't know how to explain to folks like, um, you're it's conversational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It's
0: conversational. It's, it's like, it's, I guess it's like simple type of, um, of, of writing style. Like I, I like like crime books and things like that. So like like hard boiled detective stuff. How they write? They write with like short sentences. Don't have a lot of like flowery descriptions or anything like that. It's just very concise. Dependent a lot on like establishing character through dialogue. Yes. And not a lot of like explaining via backstory and everything. Um, Hundred yeah.
2: percent. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of how I like to write. But like I don't necessarily know if I'm really writing the crime genre so it's 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 really hard to describe but that's okay
2: (laughs) but did you get into this for horror or because like it's to me it's natural
0: yeah and you're right like I never really intended to write books or anything either
2: um, or a
0: genre it was just kind of like wherever what wherever the story fit in um my first book I had originally like thought of it kind of as a graphic novel Hmm. And then that didn't work out. And then I turned it into a book and it was just kind of the story, the story I came up with. And that happened to be like a horror story that turned out to be pretty funny (laughs) because I I can't take it too seriously. So, like, yeah, it just it is. It's totally natural. It's just wherever it fits.
2: It's one thing I know about you uh, is uh, definitely tongue in cheek. Uh, The whole time I'm reading, I'm like, she's she's kind of smirking while she's typing this.
0: Yes, (laughs) you would be right
2: right all right so what was your first outing
0: oh my so first in fiction um well i sold a couple scripts for horror movies when i was like 22 um they were never made i only got paid 500 dollars each they were pretty bad um, yeah but you
2: got paid you got paid i got stories man
0: I did. I got paid a thousand dollars total for him, which I needed at the time. I didn't have any money when I was twenty-two, so uh, it was cool. But um, yeah, so back in I want to say like I was barely older than that. I was probably like twenty-three when um, I was working this horrible job i was just you know a couple years out of college working this horrible job at a title company (laughs) and it was right in like 2007 2008 so right as like the housing market was collapsing so it wasn't good there there wasn't a lot to do a lot of people were getting laid off and i was Mm. putting this stupid like corporate like safety meeting Mm. And, and it was a seminar and we had to talk you know it was in Pittsburgh, and they're talking about like all these things to do in event of like a hurricane and and an earthquake and all these weather events that like we see like once every you know fifty years, if ever. And and then they start talking about what to do in the event of like an outbreak of workplace violence, and they're they're talking like. You barricade yourself in a conference room and I'm just sitting there thinking like what do I need this for I've seen Night of the Living Dead it
3: was the exact
0: same thing and, yeah. and I kind of thought I was like oh that would be fun a story about zombies in the office so I which I never intended to write books like I never thought about writing books and, and everything I that was the one I thought of as a graphic novel teamed up with a friend of mine it was really hard to get anything done. So it's like, whatever I'm writing. This as a book. I came up with a bizarre premise about an ex meth dealer turned pharmaceutical CEO (laughs) who was abducting homeless people off the street, and injecting them with a virus that turned them into zombies that he used as slave labor to staff his manufacturing facility. And the zombies kind of unionize and um, there's an uprising and they storm the corporate headquarters. So like, I don't know how you can take that premise seriously and write that without being kind of telling you cheeks. So that's kind of how it started. And it just happened to be like a horror story, you know? And yeah. that's where I kind of fell in.
2: <laughs> Lucy Lightner or not so lightner. Um yeah. <laughs> that book will not be found in Walmart, folks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. No, it was uh yeah, so that that was the first one and then I just kind of for like this path this last one I took like, you know, nine years off from publishing a book but i just i sent i sent my latest one outrage level 10 um mm. to to the same publisher that published uh, working stiffs who happens to be like it was uh necro publications they're like an extreme horror publisher
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so i kind of like fell into that world and uh yeah but i just basically write what what is you know, wherever the story takes me is just what, what genre it is and only stories kind of that, that come into my head that I really want to tell.
2: Is it rage?
0: No, no, it's just kind of like, I almost think of it, like I have a master's in journalism, so that's kind of where I, I come from is like a journalism background. So I almost look at it like, almost like kind of dispassionate observation of what's going on. And, <laughs> and telling dispassionate, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah like I, I think I, I you know, I separate myself from it. I think outrage level 10 in particular gives like a pretty balanced perspective of like, almost like, you know, how journalism is supposed to be, you're supposed to tell both sides of of a story and Mm -hmm. you're supposed to like, you know, just kind of be objective. And I think that's kind of what I did with, with outrage level 10 was kind of positioned it. So you could see in this world where like, you could kind of see both sides of it, you know?
2: Yes, I do. And
0: Yeah, so, like, you don't really know. I like the ambiguity of not having, like, clear villains because I don't think that those actually exist in real life. Um, So, I I just thought, like, so, yeah, it's just, I I feel like that's kind of how, and there's always humor in it, too, because I I don't want to take anything too seriously.
2: Okay, Lucille. Oh, wait, sorry. (laughs) I I will not relent. Um, Yeah, so, Lucy Leitner, uh, not just angry in writing um, you take it out on your body you're well fit you lift so let me like when you when you're pushing weights mm-hmm. do you think about writing
0: I like between reps sometimes like i have i came up with a whole story one time at the gym like (laughs) on olympic lifting day and because there's like you know two three minute rest periods between lifts and i'm like thinking about that but no usually at the gym like the gym is a great way to like you know clear my head because you focus on um yeah, but I do. I do CrossFit, which takes a lot of like you know, your your. It's really high intensity, and a lot of these things are really highly skilled movements, like the gymnastics and Olympic lifting. So you really have to focus mm-hmm. on everything that you're doing uh, when you're, when you're at the gym doing that kind of training. So no, my, my mind doesn't wander too much about it. It's more like trying to remember every single thing that has to happen to get this movement. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a swimmer. I, I do challenge you cause I bet I can beat you in swimming. Um, uh-huh. yeah, I, yeah. Are you up for the challenge? Uh,
0: yeah, I could, I mean, my, my, <laughs> I used to swim as a kid. I can do the, uh, I can swim, like, 25 meters freestyle really fast, but if you ask me to swim, like, a 200, I'll just fall apart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Killing me. Killing me. All right, so, listen, folks, this is a holiday show, so we're not going to go completely negative. What do you think about Linnea's Garden?
0: Oh, I thought they were super fun. Aren't I've they? only heard that one song, but that eight... Eight, all eight nights, the Hanukkah song. I just, I love to say, it was like an instructional song.
2: <laughs> She's so song. great. I, Lene Herzog, folks. All right, not a uh, stranger to these airwaves. So we're going to play a little Hanukkah song right now. <laughs> our
3: Christmas too, Just because we are Jews, it's not. It's alright.
2: right we're back here kids lucy lightner mm-hmm. transgressive fiction we have a new book and you guys need to buy it for christmas I, there's somebody in your life right now that needs this book now lucy i almost said lucille <laughs> <laughs> lucy explain why mm-hmm. people need this book
0: uh it's called it's called outrage level 10 it's basically about like a a near very near dystopian future in which there's been a revolution and there's A lot of it is very utopian that, you know, that a lot of these, these concerns that were kind of like a lot of these things that could have been solved if there weren't for these like big government bureaucracies, like, like a lot of these, like healthcare, um, has been changed for the better, uh, diseases are cured, everyone is living much longer, but Hmm. you know, you, you also have kind of like this mob justice system where it's, uh, you're, you're, basically found guilty by like a social media site. Like people, people vote on how there's, um, that's where the outrage title comes from is that this social media app has an outrage meter that gauges the outrage of the citizenry. And if people are outraged enough, this, this person who, this transgressor will be brought before a tribunal and sentenced by their, you know, their peers. So it's kind of scary because you, um, crime is you know subjective to what people deem it to be that day so you people a lot of people kind of live in fear of you know crossing these lines that they didn't know existed the days before but in many ways also like you know it's other people think this is a great society so it, it just kind of depends on who you are uh, my main character um, is a former uh, uh, goon from the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, <laughs> you said
2: June you said goon. <laughs>
0: He's a uh, the the um, the National Hockey League has been declared illegal because of uh, the risk for head injuries and head trauma is the only thing and brain injuries are the only thing that the healthcare system has not been able to figure out how to uh, solve. So uh, we've got this brain damaged goon who is a police officer, which is also kind of like a disgraced. Um, Profession Now, because the real justice is being served by the people. So, um, and he, he is able to get this experimental injection that kind of cures his, his brain damage and starts having these, these weird memories that he doesn't remember being his. They're from someone else's experience. And it leads him to solve this, this mystery of, um, of where these, me- where these memories have come from. And it kind of leads him right into like the heart of the new, like ruling system of this post-revolution society.
2: Outrage level 10. I enjoyed your live read you do on your site.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I-, I should say Facebook. Is it also on your website?
0: Uh, no, not right now. I've never actually recorded them for uh, on that, but I-, I, I really do need to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, soon no you got a great voice i I enjoyed listening to you um of course i also get me out of this shimmering oasis great quote (laughs) genius conversation between two divisive seemingly middle management characters what do you think are they middle management these people talking
0: yeah that one's like a first person perspective of like social media posts
2: yeah no i love that
0: Oh, okay. I was so confused about what you were talking about. I'm so
2: sorry. Yeah, I just love that quote.
0: I was listening to Mr. Bungle. Oh! huge and, fans and her, yeah, where is, the, the get me out of this air-conditioned nightmare yes song. yes and, and that's kind of where that one came from
2: maybe that's why it's sunk in it like totally sunk in my head like viscerally um wow <laughs> air-conditioned nightmare um now i'm wondering your age you have to be well wise beyond your years
0: Maybe a little bit with, like, some of the stuff that I like, but I'm 38, so I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm right in there with someone who should be a Mr. Bungle fan. Yeah, you
2: did. Oh, please. Yeah. Mr. Bungle. Only bigger than ever. Actually, uh, their label, Epicac, um, we play their music all the time. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was also – this uh, tugged on my heartstrings uh, for Grandma. <laughs>
0: Get me out of the shimmering oasis?
2: (laughs) No, man. You dedicated said for grandma. Dude Are you are you with me? I was always a scared, a scared of what my grandparents would think of my writing. Apparently you're not.
0: No. Well, so my grandmother, when when my first book, the one about the zombies in the office came out, uh, she was like so, so proud. She was bringing it to everyone like she I remember like she lived in Flagstaff, Arizona, and she brought it to like her church. Like so Aww. the pastor at her church. I don't know how well that one went over, but she gave it to her podiatrist. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're killing to- me. Yeah,
0: it, it was so funny. She was, it was so cute, and um, she, I, I had this idea for for Outrage Level Ten. Like the original idea was barely, it was just this this thought about like what would happen if if you know scientists had been able to cure every disease except anything to do with the brain so you'd have these like you know y- and and every sort of degenerative condition so you'd have people like you know artificial limbs artificial spines like you know these wonderful like bionic knee replacements and everything so you'd have these people who are 130 years old and they're functioning physically like you know a 30 year old except they their brains have totally fallen apart and mm-hmm. just degenerated and so my grandmother was sending me these ideas of like silly things that old people do
1: and <laughs> <laughs>
0: like like someone some lady that she'd seen recently an old lady was walking around with her bra on over her sweater oh my god like, and so just like these things so she would send that and then she would send me these articles from like arizona newspapers she'd clip them and mail them to me about like you know, just sort of scientific innovations around like anti-aging and things like that and just things that would be relevant and just I was getting a ton of the stuff from her and she wound up she died in 2015 hmm. so way before the book was finished but yeah she a lot of the stuff that she had sent me a lot of these ideas that she had made it into the book like the lady with the bra on over her sweater is a, <laughs> that's a feature in one of the scenes in Outrage
2: <laughs> that's awesome we're gonna get back we're gonna get right back with uh, Lucy Lightner right now and Outrage level 10 folks go buy it tell them where to get it and we're gonna go with decent News from Machine Man Records right next. So, uh, where do they find your book?
0: Uh, they can get it on Amazon and um, mostly other like online retailers. I think like, like Apple Books and and Barnes and Noble and everything. Amazon, my favorite place to buy it. Um, that's where you can get like paperbacks and eBooks. Mm-hmm. If you want an eBook, you can get it for a dollar cheaper than everyone else at godless.com. That's a friend of mine's. Uh, like indie focused uh distributor of books which gives like way better percentage to authors and it's totally run like by the like indie horror community so i like to hear that
2: i like to hear that i really like to hear that all right folks we'll get right back with lucy leitner and you enjoy decent news and um televisual
3: Hi, this is Martin Atkins from Public Image Limited,
2: Killing Joke, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, Pig Face and the Damage Manual and Murder, Inc. and Brian Brain, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Folks, friends and fiends here with Lucy Leitner author extraordinaire, but you know what? You actually have to read it to understand because then you get in the mind of the person and she's right here with us and she's listening to me right now. And that's intimidating. How are you? Wonderful. What's your mindset right now with all this COVID bullshit?
0: Uh, I'm tired of it. I'm, (laughs) I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the, the endless panics over new variants that, that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm just, I'm sick of it. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. You know, that's, that's about it. But I'm, you know, I'm going about going about my life. I would i would really like it to be over.
2: <laughs> yes. We don't see an end in sight. Although yeah. I, I, I want to throw this at you too. Um, mm-hmm. that dude that just fired 900 people, better.com mm-hmm. over zoom now yeah. this is a guy uh, you're talking to a dude that's been laid off more times than anyone in the universe. <laughs> really?
0: You want to you think you have me beat on that? When was the first time you got laid off? Like
2: how uh, old were you? wait, you're half my age. So um Let's go PNC. Oh god, I said them. Um back in 2000, 7 years. I seem to have 7-year careers <laughs> before they lay you off. They they realize you're making too much money and then they're like you're out. You're out. Go for it. That's that's a common pattern. You're up.
0: I got laid off for my first time at 17. Ooh. Yeah, I think that might be a record. I got laid off from U.S. News and World Report. I was like a copy clerk there when I was in high school, and I got laid off at the 17, and then I got hired there right after college as a fact checker, and I got laid off again at 22.
2: Oh, my God. So that is (laughs) why you write.
0: Yeah, that, that definitely is a, it, it's, it's changed my perspective on how I approach work as well mm-hmm. and really shaped. Well, I mean, I think I kind of had that perspective before, but um, it's, it's really, it's kind of shaped, shaped how, how I've approached it. But go on with the guy from better. I'm, I'm so curious about what you, where you're going with that.
2: No, no, uh, it's not worth it. It really isn't <laughs> worth it. Um, No, they're not worth it. Uh, <laughs> but it does make a mark. And for you, my God, seventeen,
0: yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, A little scarring.
0: Yeah, it's when you, when you find out how how disposable you are. Yeah, like, it, it, very, very early on, and it was always it always bothered me throughout my career. And when I see something like the guy from better and the things that he was saying to the, to the, to the employees on there is that, um, what I've seen through many, you know, working at startups and advertising agencies is that it doesn't matter how much you like kill yourself for these companies are still disposable. He made it it clear.
2: He made it clear. And you know what? And fuck you. I'm so (laughs) sick of it. All right.
0: I, I completely agree. (laughs)
2: What a piece of shit. Uh, So, Better.com is not one of our sponsors. (laughs) Nor will they be. Wow. Um, No, I was just really, like, really angry about that. And I I don't want to be angry today. So, let's talk about Outrage (laughs) Level 10. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Right turn. Right turn. So, um, again, uh, I don't want to give away too much but what do you want people to have when they walk away from your book
0: I want them to have thought about a lot of things because I don't think it's, I mean, it's really obviously it's in the future, but every single time that you have a good dystopian fiction book then, or, or something set in the future, it's always like a critique on today. Mm -hmm. So I did want people to just kind of look at like, you know, look at, look at what's going on, look at their behavior and maybe think of it like, you know, the part of this dystopian fiction is taking something that exists today and taking it to its, to its end state, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, most extreme conditions like if these things keep going the way they are um and if these things have happened before the other thing is that i peppered in a lot of like quotes from the french revolution because a lot of how i base this system on what like my my justice system was the tribunals um going on at the french revolution that led people to the guillotine so i also kind of wanted people to understand that like yeah nothing is really new everything just repeats itself Mm. over and over like we've seen this everything before and for people to be able to like i wanted to make it explicit like for people to be able to draw parallels so i just really wanted to make people think that was it
2: yeah it's popping I'll just say popping um when I read your words they fall off the page into my face um I get angry uh sometimes and mm-hmm. other times I'm like oh oh she sees I think you're again wise beyond your years I can't like say it any other way um so what was another inspiration for outrage um well,
0: it's kind of weird because that's why it's so eclectic Like you have the French Revolution, you have like, you know, head injuries in sports. And (laughs) and then it was a lot of like, I mean, I came up with it in like 2011. It Mm -hmm. just took a long time to get everything together. And it Mm -hmm. went through a lot of different evolutions. So I think the big things were um, a lot of the stuff that I was seeing on social media where and keep in mind, this was 10 years ago. So it was a lot of stuff where it would be like these public shamings at the time. And it would be for these things that like I remember specifically one of them. Was in it was this guy, and this is also the era of people who do who did CrossFit, annoying the shit out of all their friends on social media <laughs> by posting about it incessantly. And like, I've known people who you this made me snort. I snorted. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like the most like the most minor achievements that, that have that without that context of being also into crossfit make absolutely no sense to everyone else so it would just annoy people like i'm in that world and it's it would annoy me so it, um and there was this one guy there's this like holocaust memorial in germany mm. where like these big like benches Yes. And yes. some some idiot who does CrossFit, like some American tourist, oh. takes pictures of themselves yep. doing handstands on these benches from the Holocaust. Oh, War.
2: for God's <laughs> sakes. Really? <laughs> Come on. So people and then
0: and there was like this big there was like a, you know, an outrage online about it as like, you know, and it was obviously it was someone showing off being an idiot, being tasteless, and then but all the comments were about like, you know, this is like a lot of people were saying this is anti-Semitic or whatever, and like I'm a Jew, I, I didn't. I just thought it was some idiot being an idiot, and so it kind of struck me <laughs> is that like saying like, no, 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 well,
2: I, I like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I didn't take it like that. And I kind of took it as like, okay, well people are angry because they really hate this, these people like crossfitting and bragging about it (laughs) on social media. And they're just using it like the Holocaust Memorial and saying like, Oh, that this is, you know, the Jews should be mad. And I just don't, I didn't really care about it, but I thought it was interesting the way that people framed this. And that like, because when I studied, when I took a, I remember this retained this from like seventh grade French class is that during the French revolution, People would report their neighbors to the Committee of Public Safety for counter-revolutionary activities if they had a standing grudge with their neighbor. And if they could make this case that the that the neighbor was, you know, engaged in counter-revolutionary activities, they could just make it all up. But there was such like this, you know, this culture of fear during that time and paranoia that those people could be taken right to the guillotine with absolutely no evidence against them. And and I was kind of seeing that happen now on, like, social media. So I know that that, that was just one incident that I specifically remember. And I modeled the very – one of like, the, the prologue of Outrage Level 10 was mm-hmm. modeled on that specific incident with the Holocaust Memorial. But there were just so many others at the time. And I was just seeing it like, you know, how people, people can use something that might be more of a hot-button issue to settle a score with, with someone that they just happen to not like. And it really reminded me of, of what would happen during the French Revolution. Same thing happened during the Salem Witch Trials. So it, it was it was something that was just really a concept that was really interesting to me. So that was where a huge amount of it um, came from. And then the story developed from there. We're both in Pittsburgh. I was listening to Mark, a lot of Mark Madden at the time. Really
2: uh, he's <laughs> so mad.
0: <laughs> so there was like a lot of, you know, a lot of talk about the, about the head injuries yes, and yes. there were certain things like, um, yeah, I read a lot about like the really like tragic stories in, in hockey of like, um, Derek Bugard and, and Bob Probert, who, mm-hmm. you know, died really young, like,
3: yeah. uh,
0: Bugard, like, killed himself at like 27 mm-hmm. and had this horrific, you know, brain damage from, from, um, you know, hitting his head on the ice and and just getting in all the fights and everything. So I thought that was that stuff was just really interesting and it it really went into that world that I had already created that idea of like head injuries not being able to be cured. And um so yeah, I thought it was. Uh, and and then other things came about. Like there was a couple things. Like I I don't want to give it away because it gives too much about the plot. But there was like some big scandals that were happening that time in the news that I took inspiration. Lucy, from.
2: Lucy. Give it away. This is your time right now.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so that was where that was where a lot of it came from. It just happened to be like it was kind of random. It was like things I was you know paying attention to in 2011, 2012.
2: <laughs> I love what you're saying. Um, so when you say your world, like, do you plan on like having a, like Stephen King? Do you have a world? Do you, All these stories are going to interconnect at some point?
0: Kind of. So there's one character from Outrage Level 10 that was in my first book, Working uh-huh. Sticks. Uh, he has like almost like a cameo appearance in it. I have uh, mostly, like, there's some other ones as well that kind of the characters will overlap. Like, one will appear in another one. Uh, There's a character from Get Me Out of This Shimmering Oasis that appears in... (laughs) Yeah, I
2: quoted that earlier. You didn't recognize it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That character uh, appears in um, a book that I'm working on, like, the second draft of right now. Cool. That doesn't have a title yet.
2: All right, let's get into the next song right now. Uh, We're going to play a local favorite. Uh, We're going to go... False positive, Brandon Sparrow. Yes, he is a local guy and garage rock band. I will say blues kind of, but more rock. And um, he is uh, a pirate. So false positive, Demon Days. Thanks for listening. Friends and fiends, we're back, Kettle Whistle Radio with Lucy Leitner, and all the best conversations happen off the air. And she hit me hard just now. Like, yes, you forget, um, when you write something, the character that was like somewhere peripheral, is that the word? Yeah. And they come back at you like, whoa, wait, the name changed.
0: Yes it happens a lot <laughs> explain explain yeah yeah that's uh that was uh that happened a lot like when i was writing outrage level 10 because i, I was just writing it for so long and you know when i started writing it in like 2011 i'm like ah oh, yeah it's gonna be done like 2013 so i had this <laughs> timeline starting in like 2020 and of like when this this revolution happens and everything and then by the time that. It, that I was, you know, I just had the book sitting there, like I would do a draft and then like abandon it for like two years, and then (laughs) I finally sent it off to my publisher in 2019, having not touched it since 2017, he sent back like the feedback to me, and I did a rewrite, and I was like, oh my god, this is a mess like, half of these dates in here have already passed, and like obviously this stuff didn't happen so I needed to keep adjusting it and there were characters, yeah, whose names had changed, that I completely forgotten who they were like they, they just surprised me
2: <laughs> yes yes
0: yeah no go <laughs> like i have one that the one i'm working on right now uh which is about like a a wellness cult as uh there's one character i'm reading i'm like in in chapter three right now i've already typed up how my handwritten notes I'm a handwritten first draft, type that up. Getting in here and like, who who is Tyler? Why is this guy's name Tyler? I know at one point he was Errol, at another point he was Brock. Like he's had at least three different names. And <laughs> 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 at least I'm curious. I'm only like forty pages in, so I'm wondering what his name is at page eighty. It's probably something totally different.
2: <laughs> I love uh, Ryan Hyatt's forward in your book
0: yeah yeah
2: What an, that, I, a writer can only wish for someone to say what he said
0: yes yeah it was really incredible he um I actually met him because he reviewed um another someone else in the horror community sent him Outrage Level 10 to review on his website and Ryan reviewed it and gave it you know five stars way back in February in its initial release and um and he and I just, like, hit it off and became friends. We, we've we been sending each other stuff. Like, I read his stories. Like, beta read them. He does the same for me. And so it was kind of like a no-brainer when I was releasing this book with my new publisher. Um, like, well, oh, you should get something different for the – like, get a forward. I was like, well, I should get Ryan to write it. Like, mm. he, he'd, be, he'd be amazing for it. And he, he, like, knocked it out of the park.
2: So, like, when you – I don't know. You're half my age. So – when you got started, like, was it a movie, a book? What made you decide I'm going to write?
0: Uh, I was in college. Like and... i I was taking I didn't know what I wanted to study. I went to Pitt in mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, and I enrolled kind of as like an art student because I was always good at art and I liked that. And I had no idea what else I wanted to do. And I took a a writing class. I like signed up on a whim for a nonfiction writing class. And I turned in this essay that was like a personal essay, which is not what I write now. And it was it was funny. And it got like an amazing reaction. I had a lot of fun writing it and realized I was really good at this. And so I just kind of went went down that road where I studied creative nonfiction. I was obsessed with Hunter Thompson when I was in college, mm-hmm. and so I kind of thought of like you know doing ma- magazine journalism was kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to do what Hunter Thompson did, and I mm-hmm. wanted to write like longer form stories where I would get sent somewhere and you know experience something and write about it. And honestly, didn't and I took screenwriting classes too, so I had like a, that was my background in in telling story in like fiction, you know. And, but I didn't think about writing books, honestly, until I came up with the first concept from my first book. But and it just, it's like, yeah, this should be a, this, this story lends itself to being a book. So I'm writing a book.
2: So have you been commissioned to go somewhere and then write about it?
0: I well, I did some journalism before. When I was in grad school, I, did, I went to grad school for journalism at Point Park. I interned at City Paper while I was there on the A&E desk, which was oh, really cool. I was I a big fan
2: City of the Paper. City Paper. Big fan.
0: Yeah. yeah, this was like, I was there 2009, I think was my, my time there. It was just a semester, but it was cool. Like I, it was the A&E desk, which I liked. So I would just cover, you know, I was at the ballet. I was at like art galleries. I was at plays like I was at, you know, stuff like that. Um, which I liked. And, but I just, it really wasn't for me. Um, the Mm. journalism just in general. And actually while I was in grad school, I took one class in advertising writing and I was like, Oh, I really like this a lot better. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. like, you, it allows you to write just like little narratives. Like it's closer to creative writing and fiction writing, which I think I gravitated more towards. So I, I kind of regretted not having pursued advertising, but then I kind of fell into advertising anyway. So that's where, that's where I do. I, I do most of my writing.
2: Well, it's clear. It's um, yeah. You, you don't want to be put in a box. That's where I am too. Very. Um, I don't like, to be controlled. (laughs) I think you like control too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, at certain points when I was getting started with like advertising writing, this is like in like 2012 is when I more started than that in that, uh, field and, you know, pretty low level stuff, like really basic things. But now I'm at a point where like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm writing these concepts for ads. It's my idea. I'm giving it to the you know, to the design team to, to help work on. And it's really, it's a lot of fun. I definitely have a lot more, I've had a lot more creative input for, for a while now. And I, I really like it.
2: So ultimately um, wait, have you ever written like a, well, we talk about scripts, but have you written a movie script?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wrote, um, I took a class in college to, to do that. So I wrote my first script then. Right. And, actually the character my the lead character that I wrote for that script in what 2004 mm-hmm. became my um, protagonist in my in my first novel. And then when I was in so 2005, I was right out of college and I saw this Craigslist. Post about someone looking for horror movies uh, that they, they you know horror movie scripts and they paid five hundred bucks each. So I wrote two right. really bad right. horror movie scripts, sold them for five hundred dollars each, right. and uh, they've never been made to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I've written I think three three screenplays.
2: But a- as a writer, I'm just curious, like how do you feel about writing a script versus writing prose?
0: Oh, I I really prefer writing writing prose.
2: Yeah, you're good. You're, yeah, that
0: I like that better. I'm, I'm more comfortable with it. I yeah, the and and the movie stuff like I don't see myself ever getting involved with making a movie that just doesn't really appeal to me.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of work, man. <laughs> a yeah. lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. It's not it's thankless, too. Um yeah, I don't know if you've been there, but yeah, the end result could be great or it could be like, oh, here we go again.
0: yeah you definitely lose a lot of the control that you have when you write like just a a book where it's just your words
2: are you an anime fan no how about comic books no (laughs) (laughs) okay so that ends that conversation uh (laughs) how about sasquatch all right cryptids how do you feel about cryptids what's that Oh, really? Cryptids. There was a really cool Sasquatch skunk ape video that just came out. Uh, cryptids. Um uh fictional possibly real monsters.
0: Oh, like the Mothman? Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Where where do you stand with that?
0: Um pretty pretty small like limited knowledge on that. <laughs> i just tried to watch the man who killed hitler and then the bigfoot but oh my god kind of
2: i won't it's... watch that is it worth watching
0: well we didn't get past through killing hitler yeah
2: eh, not into it yeah now... stupid documentaries i like <laughs> documentaries though i lo- i love serial killer documentaries
0: i like i like a lot of documentaries too i like um it just it doesn't matter what the subject is as long as it's well made.
2: So yeah, that's my next question. Like, what are you watching?
0: Oh, right now watching. Well, it's it's holiday season, so we're of course watching the holiday baking championships on the Food Network. <laughs> um, <laughs> but watching uh, uh, Yellow Jackets on Showtime.
2: Oh my God! Everybody is telling me you must watch this. It's worth I, it. I,
0: I think it's fantastic. Really? Yeah. Yes. I I really like it. I think it's. I have no idea where it's going. Like <laughs> absolutely no idea. And it's 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 really cool. It's it's interesting. I I really like it.
2: Well, here's the thing. There's a list here of what you told me your favorite. I gotta find it now. Your favorite horror movies, and I, I can't find it. Can you uh, list your top five?
0: Well, number one is The Shining. Mm-hmm. I would say number two is um, the movie. I, I don't know what, what you consider this is, but it's Time Over Time, where um, with yeah. like Malcolm McDowell and he's H.G. Wells and he's chasing. I Jack for, love. For
2: I love that movie.
0: Does that count as a horror movie? Because I love that movie.
2: It was an HBO film way back when, 80s. Used to, they used to roll that on HBO all the time. That's a good frickin' film.
0: I love that movie. But I, I just, I mean, it's got Jack the Ripper. And, right. But I, just, I don't know if it counts as a horror movie. Mm,
2: yeah, it does. I think okay. it does.
0: All right, good. So The Shining, uh, time over time, I loved the movie Green Room. From 2015 about the punk band that accidentally plays at like a neo-nazi like rally and then um witnesses a murder and has to escape i thought it was just the coolest like premise for a horror movie you don't see things like that nice there's always something stupid or supernatural that happens and this is like i could totally see this happening they just get (laughs) hunted by a bunch of like nazis in like some you know backwards setting i thought it was great and um i loved get out and i just i thought there was again no movies like that it was just it was i love that movie and probably like um psycho or the tenant and the tenant yeah i love the tenant i haven't seen it forever so
2: (laughs) disturbing disturbing. um let me ask you because you you do like punk rock um Now, the term mosh pit started in the 80s, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Mm -hmm. Hardcore music. Um, Have you been in a hardcore pit?
0: I've been in a pit before. I've been to hardcore shows, but at hardcore shows, I would definitely avoid that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, It's gotten rougher. And I'm I'm kind of a big dude. But um, yeah, it's gotten much... Mosh means kill. <laughs> lately. Um it, it it didn't mean that before. <laughs> it meant love your guy next to you, pick him up. But yeah. All right. So, let's talk about the worst mosh pit you might have been in. I remember the
0: last one I was in was it was ridiculous. I was like 20 years old. I was at what, Club Laga in Oakland.
2: Yeah, but you're like you're like fit. You could probably kick some dude's ass.
0: <laughs> I I'm I'm not, I'm very easy to knock over. I'm not very big.
2: (laughs) All right. um,
0: So, yeah, I was at, like, this is just the one that I remember is that my friend was, 21 and I wasn't so I couldn't get into the bar area so she was over there and she's like I was going with her to a less than Jake show I'm not really a (laughs) fan of them but they were like her favorite band so I went with her and I somehow got sucked into this pit it was less than Jake like it wasn't like no but
2: (laughs) (laughs) it does happen you said sucked into the pit that does (laughs) actually happen
0: i just left like i left the whole show i was there for maybe like one song and um and it was funny because like for some reason the the 80s like hairband bang tango was opening for them oh my god oh my god
2: you said bang tango they had two songs oh my god there's no way you're 32 bang tango (laughs) i love it no i actually i own the cassette my boyfriend he
0: has it upstairs
2: i just i just that's, saw it that that's so awesome like last week.
0: but yeah so i i lasted through Bang hango that was cool but then as soon as less than jake came on like everyone went nuts and <laughs> and i uh i just left i left the whole show i was like i'm, I'm sorry like I'm, I'm not i can't
2: get into the bar <laughs> yeah, anyway <laughs> i'm done all right listen i'm gonna run through i have this Newspaper article here with the best, the top 15 horror movies of all time, which is probably bullshit. But um, I want to, I'm going to say, you say yes or no. Um, okay. Number one, Kill List. You didn't see that. We talked. Yeah, never seen it. Um, watch it. I think you might like it. Okay. Yeah. So, number two, 28 Days Later.
0: I actually never finished it.
2: Okay. Number three, The Wailing. Have you watched The Wailing?
0: Never heard of it.
2: Oh, dude. Uh, let's see if it's Japanese or Korean. Uh, yeah, Korean. Koreans, okay. dude, the Koreans are knocking it out of the park lately.
0: That's what I've heard. I just watched Parasite, which I know it's not a oh. horror movie, but I didn't think that was very good. No, so I, I,
2: I didn't like it either. I liked it. I like Parasite. Uh, yeah, not a big fan. Squid Games. Cool, but could have went further. All right, let's go with all right. the next one, number four, The Witch. Did you see that? No. <gasps> oh, wait. That's right up your alley. You need to watch The Witch. Okay. Um How about, uh, let's see here, Get Out, oh yeah, number five. Oh, mm, your favorite. Uh, Hereditary.
0: That was good. I liked that. I did see that.
2: Have you seen The Babadook? No. <gasps> you need to watch that.
0: Okay, I've heard mixed things about that.
2: Oh no 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 no! Watch it. Okay, it,
0: I've either heard like it's either I think it's very polarizing. It's it is. People love it or hate it.
2: The kid is so freaking annoying with his voice. However, the the, the content, phenomenal. All right, okay. uh, it follows.
0: No, never seen
2: it. Hmm, his house.
0: Never heard of it.
2: <laughs> Black Swan.
0: I liked Black Swan. That was yeah. cool. I got to review that one for like a underground. Um, like punk website that I was writing for at the time. That was cool.
2: I dig that one. I I, yeah. I love her, but all right. The devil's backbone.
0: Oh, I actually own that, but I've never seen the whole thing. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. That one, I was painting at you're, the time and killing... I was trying to watch that and you can't watch a movie with subtitles while you're painting. And then I just kind of forgot about it.
2: This is true. And actually, you know what? You need to like send me some of your artwork.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah i can do that do you sell it um i put it on etsy but I've, I've sold like one thing on there and i haven't been painting much anymore i used to paint a lot i would paint like movie villains and rock stars <laughs> and <laughs> and i haven't been. i just haven't had time for it recently
2: yeah but i might uh commission you cool and, i'd yeah, be up for that i might i might do that all right let's see all right all right here we go here we go here we go uh let the right one in
0: no i've heard of that but i haven't seen it. <gasps>
2: foreign and the new one both good uh okay. cabin in the woods we all know that I'm
0: needing to see that one and i still have not
2: Shaun of the dead
0: i love sean of the dead
2: <laughs> and it as in the uh the movie version of the book
0: the original was like tim curry or the new one
2: i love them. i i actually love that but yes uh the new one what do you think two parts
0: I haven't seen the second one but I it's on HBO I think right now so I am going to go see it. I like the or I'm going to watch it. I like the first one.
2: Cool. All right. So, what is the future of Lucy Leitner right now? Where are you going to go with this? Are you going to continue with horror or are you going to like just well, continue?
0: Continue. Yeah, I've got uh, I'm working with uh, bloodbound books. They're incredibly cool. They're um, dark fiction is kind of how they build themselves. So it's, um, really, really good fit with, with them as publishers. Uh, we have a lot of things in common. I'm writing a lot with, um, on an exclusives on the godless platform it's godless.com it is incredibly cool because it started by like a horror writer his name is drew Stepic and he started this platform really is a way for um, independent authors to get more exposure get more sales and to cut dependence on big companies like amazon which i think is like I think it's amazing. I think it's it's really really cool, and um, it, authors get ninety percent of royalties as wow, opposed to, like,
2: nice. other platforms.
0: Yeah, and and he's really smart. He understands this mar- marketing a lot and is noticing all these patterns with how people are consuming this are consuming books now. So it's a lot of eBooks. It's a lot of micro content and micro transactions. So a lot of these eBooks cost like fifty cents, and they'll have like original series. So I'm participating in and helping to like co-run these these original series with drew on the platform so um and it's just like it's it's a collaboration with all these different authors like you'll get like 10 together and everyone will write an installment like it's a anthology tv series and it's it's that kind of, it's a totally unique format for for um writing you don't see anything like that so it's a really cool thing to be involved with um also working with bloodbound on and on some anthologies so I'll have a couple stories coming out in anthologies in the next couple months i'm working on a couple new books i've got one that's basically done that i just need to get a final read on um which is a story about um a kind of neighborhood vigilante who thinks of himself as a private detective in the Pittsburgh South side. Whoa, so, wait,
2: wait, I got to ask you, um, any, um, is there any like inspiration with recent events with that guy with the AR 15 out? in uh, no,
0: not at all. this has been done since probably like 2019.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. That's been, I haven't touched it since then. Um, so no, it was kind of just based on some of my friends in the area. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, yeah, um, I I actually understand that. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> but they have to like live in the south side of Pittsburgh for a while. They're like really understand how you could come up with this story <laughs> in the neighborhood. Not but, too far fetched.
2: Yeah. Not too far fetched.
0: No. And so it's kind of yeah. That that's really where I'm going. Just you know, telling keep telling the stories that that, that I want to tell, um, regardless of what genre they fit into.
2: So you have a lot of stories to tell. Um, mm-hmm. Back, uh, yeah, all right. I touched on this, like, really earlier. Um, are you ever worried about how your family, friends, and peers, like, look at you after you write something radical? No. They just know you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my parents read everything that I've written. Like, my mom, um, my mom did the initial round of, like, edits of Outrage Level 10 before nice. um, the publisher's editor had it. My mom's a professional copy editor. So she, so I, I send stuff to her. So yeah, no, no, they, they, they all, they're all very accepting of it. That's just <laughs> how we are.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Listen, tell folks where to find you and all your stuff right now.
0: So I am on um, my Instagram is at Lucy dot Lightner. Uh, that's probably what I'm most active on. I'm, I, I have a website, LucyLightner.com, um, which I like never update. It probably still says to pre-order Outrage Level 10. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, you you can find me on there. Uh, those are probably, that's, I would say my Instagram is the best way to, to follow me and get in touch with me.
2: Yeah, uh, social media, like where do you stand with that? Because I'm kind of tired and it's exhausting and I don't like the divisiveness. I just like to put superficial shit out there. Um, uh, where do you stand with that? Are you like done or tired?
0: Well, I do, I do a lot of social media stuff for a living. Um, and I'm really sick of it for probably other reasons that a mm. lot of people aren't, are as, um aren't really as aware of. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't like, yeah. Oh, I've, I've, anyone that posts like political stuff gets just hidden. On my thing, so I don't <laughs> see it anymore. Um, they that you either get unfriended or just un, unfollowed. I'm I'm sick of it. <laughs> yes, I don't think, in my opinion, I I do not believe that I know enough about anything to be expressing opinions so aggressively on these things. And the people that are doing so don't know anything either, <laughs> and that's where these you know bad ideas and a lot of like bad information gets spread is from people who take a tiny bit of information form an emotional opinion and then spread it and then and i just for me, I just don't comment on things unless I know a lot about them. Like, I know a lot about dietary supplements, so I'll go <laughs> in and comment on ads of dietary supplement companies that are making uh, egregious claims. Like, I commented on an ad recently that said, scientifically proven to support glowing skin. And I said, that's not a thing. Glowing skin isn't a thing, so there are no studies about it, so your claim is bullshit. <laughs> so, like,
2: Why are you so glowing? My- You're glowing!
0: <laughs> yeah. it's, it's ridiculous so like I yeah I'm, in my opinion and that's a kind of a point that I was trying to raise an outrage level 10 too is if you don't know what you're saying you're talking about shut up and just try to get like have some humility and understand when you when you actually don't know what you're talking about which is often because there's such a grand wealth of knowledge that people just don't know about which you honestly can't get from watching mainstream TV news and so I, um, I generally tend to shut up just because I'm real aware of that, that I'm totally ignorant of most everything.
2: So No, you um, don't. You don't shut up. You step back and you listen.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and try to form a, an opinion. And maybe and maybe if I am going to express an opinion, do it in a way that's a little bit no no. It gives you the ability to be more nuanced and to listen to other people's opinions too. That's the other problem with social media is that you get people who aren't really the best at verbalizing what they're what they're saying. They're not good writers and they will put out something on social media and then it will just be a big fight of people who really aren't good at expressing their points in in writing, whereas you could have a conversation back and forth and it would go a totally different way. So I don't think that the medium is really made for these types of conversations that are really problematic, you know? Yes. So, so I, I, when I put stuff on social media, I'm first of all, not, not an emotional person. So (laughs) you're not going to see like big, long emotional things from me, which a lot of people post honestly to get attention because emotions drive engagements and higher engagement elevates your posts in the algorithm and you will get seen more often. So, um, you're not going to see anything like that from me on social media, I love baking. I coach CrossFit. I like, <laughs> I like writing. I love music and I paint, and I like traveling. So that's the type of stuff you're gonna see from me. If I'm taking a walk on the trail on the South Side and the leaves are pretty, I'll post pictures. <laughs> like that's that's kind of what you're gonna see from me. Some stuff on the process of writing books. Um, I honestly don't see, don't see like sharing stuff that I think is cool. I. I don't see the point in doing, in doing any other type of uh, type of content and it wouldn't be authentic toward me anyway.
2: Lucy Leitner author, uh, teller, (laughs) my God, you might be the most highly intelligent person I've ever interviewed. Um, yeah, (laughs) a little intimidating here. Um, but yeah, we want you back and thank you so much for this and uh, insightful, um and insightful (laughs) yes yeah read her books man i'm just saying right now thank you so much for coming on
0: awesome thank you so much for having me this is a lot of fun
2: uh we try we try all right (laughs) again uh check her out dude lucy Leitner. she's on my friends page you can friend her if you want she may not like you and that's okay too (laughs) <laughs> Take care, folks. And Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Holidays.
1: Everything's closed on Christmas Except the Indian lunch buffet Covered with snow on Christmas Home for the holidays horror, Horror, sex, sex, politics, politics, art, and overall overall bad bad ass. ass. This This is is Society society 13 13. Redefining Podcasting.